Hey, Kevin here, Skylabs, bringing you another video. Definitely gonna be a fun one. We are gonna continue the Buyer Beware series. And in this episode, we're actually gonna go over one of my favorite brands, Pioneer. You're gonna wanna see these, especially if you're looking for a Pioneer. So stick around, here we go. And our first Buyer Beware on the list is actually my favorite lineup from Pioneer and that is the SX50 series. The series ran from 1976 to 1978. The SX50 series had eight receivers in its lineup, ranging from the 450 all the way up to the legendary SX1250. And unfortunately, it's the entry-level models that have the issue we wanna talk about, and that is the power switch. The power switch in the SX450, 550, 650, 750, are not a toggle switch. It is a rotary switch that is also incorporated with the speaker selector. So they're hard to find, they're hard to replace, and almost all of them are failing at this point. Pioneer made a great decision with the next series, the 80 series, to just do a toggle switch across the line. And for those of you out there that have owned these, you're probably well aware of the situation. You probably noticed that your lamps were starting to flicker a bit. The whole unit was just kind of power cycling, almost like it was possessed. And that was a power switch problem. Unfortunately, the original power switches and speaker selectors are long gone. While you might be able to find one on eBay where the seller is claiming it's a good switch, its days are probably numbered as well. You can't really fault the switch at this point, considering it did last almost 40 years working correctly. So it's not necessarily a bad part, it's just old. And there are definitely a few solutions to this problem. You have the easiest solution, which would be to bypass the power switch and leave the unit on all the time. Another option, get a cord with an inline switch and just power cycle it that way. You could also put it on a power strip and power cycle the power strip to turn the unit off and on. But for a really fun solution, you could grab one of these inexpensive Wi-Fi on-off switches on Amazon. We'll have a link in the description for it. You can use voice control or the app in order to turn on your entry-level Pioneer from the SX series, or really any vintage stereo for that matter. Not the end of the world, but something you definitely want to know about before you pick up an entry-level Pioneer in the SX50 series. And moving on a couple years from the Pioneer SX50 series, we get into the early 80s, and I think Pioneer and the other manufacturers were wanting to kind of step up their visual game, maybe get away from the dated analog meters, and come into the 80s with the hot term and topic of digital. And that's what they did. Pioneer and the other manufacturers decided to start using digital VU meters and digital displays. And since LED technology was not where it's at today, these companies chose a product called VFDs or vacuum fluorescent displays, which actually had a gas inside of a glass tube, almost like vacuum tubes, hence vacuum. And while I think these look incredible, especially when they're really vivid and bright and blue, there are some issues with them now, and that's the unfortunate part. And Pioneer put these VFDs in almost all of their flagship items from this era, including the Pioneer CTF-1250, 
Also Pioneer's flagship reel-to-reel, -reel, one of my favorite reel-to-reels, the RT909. Almost their entire receiver lineup from this era, and then even the bigger integrateds got the VU meters with the VFD display. And so the problem now we're seeing with the VFD displays really is they're starting to dim or even get cold spots where they're just not vibrant or they're kind of patchy looking. And this is only gonna get worse. There's not access to new old stock VFDs at this point. Nobody's manufacturing replacements of these meters and displays. So really you're kind of at the mercy of finding a used one and hoping it stays bright and vibrant for a long time. You could be back in the same boat as the original one in a year, you don't know. So you just wanna make sure you're powering those units off when you're not using them because they are not gonna last forever. They're just gonna continue to get more dim or more spotty and that'll be the end of it. So just keep that in mind. That early 80s look isn't gonna last forever. And according to our YouTube analytics, it looks like most of you are not subscribed to the channel and we'd really appreciate it if you did. It really helps us out quite a bit. Also liking, sharing, and commenting on the videos helps as well. You guys all do a great job of that, so I really appreciate it. If you need to create a YouTube account, it's really easy. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes, and we appreciate you watching this video. Thank you. And anybody out there that's been in this hobby long enough knew that these were gonna be on this list, and that is the Pioneer Crappy Speaker Jacks from the late 60s and early 70s. I hate these things, and I'm gonna tell you why. And the real bummer about this problem is a lot of my favorite Pioneer receivers use these plugs. Everything from the X2X series, the Pioneer SX9000, the 770, almost all of the quad units, and I kind of think these were meant for quad. I honestly don't know why they used these plugs. If somebody's got that answer out there, put it in the comments, or if you think you know why they used them, put it in the comments. The only thing I could think of is if you had a quad system, you already had several sets of speakers with these plugs already installed on them, and then you could quickly swap out your speakers. That's the only thing I can come up with. But most quad receivers and amplifiers had speaker configuration switches, so I still don't get it. And I think the biggest problem with these plugs are they're gone, they're lost. I think they ended up in junk drawers and at some point they just got thrown out because everybody forgot what they were. A lot of times when people bring these units in, I ask them if they have the original speaker plugs and they don't even know what I'm talking about. So they've been discarded, you can't get them, they don't make them. There are a few solutions to this, but really most of them are just kind of hacks in order to get around it you'll see people selling Pioneer speaker plugs on eBay that they've used the end of a replacement lamp cord and twisted one of the prongs in order to get it to fit into the Pioneer speaker jack. And it really is a hack job. There's jagged edges. They're gonna scrape up the inside of your Pioneer receiver where the plug gets pushed into. And I would try and avoid those if at all possible. And the other problem is the receiver portion of those speaker plugs, 
there's two contacts and they're starting to get spread apart because of friction of having those plugs pushed in and out. And so you really need to get in there with a small tool and kind of pull them back out to where they're making good contact again. It's just physical wear and tear on those jacks from all these years and something we got to deal with. And I don't think this is a reason to stay away from the X2X series or like a, an SX9000. You just want to be aware of it that you're going to have to do some adapting in order to get your speaker wires securely connected to those vintage Pioneer pieces. That's all. And I've got one more for you guys. And I almost didn't include this one because they are a little bit on the rare side, but because they sound so good, I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to let you know, and that is the graphite woofers for the HPM series and the DSS series that followed the HPM 100s. And the biggest bummer about this one is I really think Pioneer kind of elevated their game and their speaker line after the HPM 100s. They started putting beryllium tweeters in their speaker cabinets in the upper end lines. And unfortunately, they also started installing graphite woofer cones. And the graphite woofer cones are the problem. And the biggest problem with that graphite woofer would be the fact that it got so brittle. You really don't want to touch these. You don't want to manipulate them at all. You just kind of want to leave them be. If you've got good graphite cones on your woofers, don't touch them. Don't let the kids near them. Those things should have a velvet rope around them. And you just don't want to disturb those woofers. And the really sad part of this is I do think the HPM 900s with that beryllium tweeter was a huge step up from the HPM 100s. And then the DSS line that followed the DSS sevens and nines, I think are maybe Pioneer's best speakers ever made. A friend of mine here in town owns both. He was nice enough to invite me over and I am very glad I did because those speakers sound incredible. They're very rare. There's not a lot of them out there. And I think a lot of this has to do with, I think a lot of those woofers got damaged and they just got thrown away. And that is the real unfortunate part. Same with the HPM 900s. And to add to the problem of these woofers being so brittle, another problem, they also needed refoamed. The foam would rot like a lot of other speakers out there, especially from this era. Refoaming a Pioneer graphite woofer should not be your first foam job. No way. You definitely want to take these to a professional, somebody that's done them before, somebody that knows how to get that old foam off and get the new foam placed on without damaging that cone. Because once you damage that cone, it's over. I actually called our good friends up at Midwest Stereo Repair in Minneapolis and asked them, why are these speakers so hard to recone and why can you not get replacements? And their reply really was, the actual size of this woofer is not a normal size. So getting a new replacement, you don't have a lot of options. Also, you can buy recone kits. They're not graphite. They're not made for that housing. And there's going to be compromises as that speaker is never going to sound like it was originally intended with a graphite woofer cone. And for any of you out there that are looking for speaker repair, definitely check out Midwest Speaker Repair in Minneapolis. They accept your shipped in speakers. They are great people. They do all of our reconing when we do need something recone. So can't recommend them enough. Midwest Speaker Repair in Minneapolis. 
And again, I want to thank everybody for watching another Skylabs video. I definitely appreciate it. We appreciate it. Head over to skylabsaudio.com forward slash shop. Grab yourself one of our new record weights t-shirt. Oh, t-shirt. That reminds me. Oil Capital Vinyl sent this shirt and I appreciate it. If anybody wants to send a shirt, I hate having to wear the same t-shirts over and over and over. I wear a 2XL. I like things baggy. Send it to the shop. If I think it's a cool shirt, I'm glad to wear it. I would rather wear a shirt that promotes somebody else's business, especially vinyl or stereo related, than wearing the same shirt I wear all the time. So definitely don't forget to subscribe as we got some really good videos in the works that are gonna be coming here soon. So have a great Sunday and we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks.